Attention Northwest Arkansas businesses and talent seekers. Introducing Onboard NWA.com, your hyperlocal job board crafted for our unique community. Struggling to find the perfect match for your job openings? Onboard NWA simplifies the hiring process, connecting you with the region's top talent through tailored talent matching solutions. Whether you're an employer seeking expertise or a professional looking for your next opportunity, Onboard NWA is here for you. Discover more at onboardnwa.com and let's build the future of Northwest Arkansas together. Northwest Arkansas, Randy here, bringing you a quick word from our sponsor, Signature Bank of Arkansas. Since 2005, Signature Bank has been all about empowering our community with local ownership and top-notch banking services. Signature Bank's roots run deep with assets over a billion dollars, and they're right here in your backyard with branches in Bentonville, Rogers, Springdale, Fayetteville, and now including Harrison and Jonesboro. With a growing family of more than 200 teammates, they're ready to serve you with the warmth only a true community bank can offer. And they've got Banco C, the first bilingual bank in Arkansas, to ensure that banking is for everyone. So give Signature Bank a call at 479-684-3700 or visit Signature.Bank online. Mention you heard about them on the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast for that personal touch. Signature Bank of Arkansas. Big on assets, local at heart, and a proud member of the FDIC and an equal housing lender. It's time for another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas, the podcast covering the intersection of business, culture, entrepreneurship, and life in general here in the Ozarks. Whether you are considering a move to this area or trying to learn more about the place you call home, we've got something special for you. Here's our host, Randy Wilburn. Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and I'm excited to be with you today as I always am. I'm here recording in the Center for Innovation at the wonderful Fayetteville Public Library. If you have not been here, you need to come check it out for yourself. But they have a sound studio unlike any other. I mean, you you could record an album in the room behind me, but I'm in the isolation booth and I'm here with two fantastic guests, uh, one that's actually been on the podcast before. Daimara Baker. And Daimara is the owner of Rockin' Baker. I don't know how she worked that out, that she got a last name Baker and she's a baker. So I thought that was kind of cool. But for those of you that remember, Daimara was on episode 139 of the podcast, and she shared about her origin story and about the origin story of Rockin' Baker. If you haven't heard it before, you need to check it out. If you've been to Big Orange, you've probably had their bread. If you've been to a number of places actually around Northwest Arkansas, you've probably had their bread. 
They supply the bread for the Soup Sunday event for Arkansas Advocate for Children and Families, among so many other programs. And so they know their way around bread, that's for sure. And our next guest is a very good friend of Daimar's, who is Margaret McCabe. Margaret, uh, for those of you that know the name, is she was the former University of Arkansas Law School dean, and she's now a senior advisor for strategic programming in the um, central administration at the U of A. And so we're so glad to have you both on the podcast today. How are you doing? We're doing great. Thank you, Randy, for having me back. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Randy. It's great to be here. Yeah, no, perfect. I, I, I'm so glad to have you guys here. And, you know, just to give our listening audience an introduction as to this conversation, one of the things that sets Daimara's company, Rock and Baker, apart is that she hires neurodiverse individuals to work in her bakery. And they are doing an amazing job to the point where she, they pretty much run the show. And Daimara just kind of sits by and just keeps an eye on things. But but they pretty much run the show in there. And again, if you haven't had their bread, you need to you need to check them out. I believe they have um I believe they have a subscription program that you can get on and just pick up your bread every Saturday morning. Just fresh bread made right in um uptown Fayetteville, as they say, right behind right by Fat Tire Bikes, kind of like right next to the Walmart on Joyce. So they're kind of in that nice little area over there, about a block down from Woodstone Pizza. But if you're in the Fayetteville area, you have to check out Rock and Baker. But Let's chat about this, Daimara, because this was an important conversation that you wanted to bring to light. And as we've been talking more and more here in Northwest Arkansas about, you know, there's like 10,000 jobs available and we don't have enough people to fill all these jobs. Well, there are people out there that could be hired for a lot of roles in a lot of companies and organizations. But I won't go so far as to say that I don't think companies are aware of what's potentially available to them and what what I'm speaking of specifically is the neurodiverse workforce that exists. And for a lot of people, they're just not aware of it. So I want you to just give an introduction to neurodiversity for the uninitiated so they have an understanding of what you're talking about, and then we can go from there. Yes, I would say, let's clarify, because I know about some, some people, uh, neurodiverse term is kind of new, and they don't know what it means. It's really, in simple words, it's really thinking differently. Really, that's all what it is. In a longer term, you can say are going to be those individuals who have intellectual and developmental disabilities. Okay. But I like to say more thinking differently because I see it less as a disability and more as a different kind of talent. Sure. So when we talk about the neurodiversity scene in Northwest Arkansas, it's one of those that is not totally understood because I don't believe that we have been able to quantify how many neurodiverse individuals are in our community. Right. By my calculations, I would say maybe over 4,000. Okay. That you're talking there and you say that there are over, you know, 10,000 openings in the area. And then we have already <laughs> this uh, talent pipeline that is totally overlooked. And I would say that it's mainly driven because sometimes people have stereotypes or stigmas about someone who think differently than they do. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, I always think about, and I have kids that are in school and so, and none of my kids are there. I have one child that struggles with dyslexia, but when you talk about like children being on the spectrum, right? And that's like typically a word that's kind of shared around. And a lot of times people don't understand exactly what that means. And so I would love for you just to kind of bottom line it for the listening audience 
you know, why we need to be mindful of this and how important it is for us to engage these individuals where they are and create opportunities for them. Yes. And I would say, I think that you just made a good point because sometimes people tend to narrow also the term of the neurodiversity, thinking that it's only for those people who are on the spectrum, autistic. But also when you're talking about bipolar, dyslexia, attention deficit disorders, all of those are going to be falling under the same terminology. And that's why we would like to refer those to invisible disabilities, because unless they disclaim what they're going through or their capabilities, it's really hard to notice. And that's why we, I mean, I remember I was guilty of that one as a child. Yeah. When someone was in my class that, or she didn't have friends, what did we always say? Mom, we have a weird child in the class. He doesn't talk to anyone Yeah. without thinking. And if my mom at that time would have known what we're talking about, maybe I could have been being educated at that age. Sure. And that's, I think that's our role while we're here trying to educate more our community so that we become more aware of those traits so that our kids, since they are little, they also begin to recognize those differences. And I think in the long term, we are going to be better off when we can treat each other with fairness. Sure. Absolutely. Well, Margaret, this is actually an intensely personal conversation for you. Because your son, Tom, I believe, yep. works with Daimara at Rock and Baker. Absolutely. Okay. And we could not be more happy as a family that he has that opportunity because it's just everything that Daimara said, not really well understood when so Tom is a young adult, went through public high school in New Hampshire, was included, did have friends, but was understood in that setting. And moved to Northwest Arkansas as a young adult, like any young adult, moved to a new community. How do you connect? How do you get employment? But for Rock and Baker, he wouldn't be working. And I don't think he would have connected with a community. And that's simply because Demara had the vision to understand that neurodiverse people were a talent pipeline, that helping to train them not only in the bakery skills, but in the soft skills and just the skills that I think employers are looking for. Sure. Timeliness, being customer service oriented, being detail oriented, all the things that you want in a good employee. Demara knew that that's what this population had to offer. And for me as a parent to see my son be able to have a job, a real job, a job that pays him a good wage compared to other disability jobs, which your your audience may know often pay because federal law permits it, but below minimum wage, sure. that he can have a job and that he feels a great sense of confidence and pride. And we've seen tremendous growth in him and his confidence thanks to that experience. But I'm also acutely aware as a parent that not every family has that experience because not everybody is thinking like Demara, even though they are looking for that talent in the community, whether it's awareness or what you may have alluded to earlier, the kind of the fear of what does it mean sure. to hire somebody who's neurodiverse, right. that they often get overlooked. And there's just really no way for them to connect unless it is that, you know, kind of perfect storm of you know somebody and that somebody's willing to give you a chance because they know your family. Yeah. But we're hoping, I think, through Rock and Baker that the the community will come to see the value of the neurodiverse as employees. Yeah. I mean, and that's really, that's why I wanted to have 
Namaste Mara back on the show is because I wanted to create more awareness, Mm -hmm. right? I think the goal of this particular episode is especially for you, you being the listener, if you have a business or you know someone that has a business and they are struggling to hire people, this is a potential opportunity for you Mm -hmm. to kind of open up your horizon as to how you view and look at potential candidates and potential employees of your organization and recognize that there may be roles within your company, within your business, where you can hire neurodiverse individuals and it can really make a difference for you. But more importantly, just as uh, Margaret said, it can make a difference for those individuals where they have a real value for themselves as as human beings, as, as uh, people, but then also they feel like they're bringing value to the local community that they live in. Yeah. Can we talk about stereotypes too sure. for your listeners? Absolutely. Meaning that um, I know that you hear this a lot, Damara, when we talk about neurodiverse, and again, people often do connect that with the autism spectrum, there's a stereotype of either they're great at computer jobs <laughs> and Thank that's it. Programming, yeah. <laughs> um, but the real thing is neurodiverse is just what it sounds like. I mean, there's a really broad range of skill sets and likes and desires that I think it is, given the employment needs of Northwest Arkansas, it's really important for employers to think about what this population brings to their workplaces. And again, the sense of loyalty is something that I have to comment on because it was a surprise to me as a parent. I just hadn't seen Tom really connect with something beyond school. Yeah. And so sometimes I will propose a family outing on a work day and say, oh, can you get the time off? And he'll say, no, I actually can't. I need to be at the bakery because they're counting on me. And I think, wow, you know, any employer would love to have someone like my son say, no, they're, that's my priority. Yeah. And that surprised me. But again, I know there are a lot of stereotypes out there about, well, these are people who are looking for computer jobs or backroom jobs, but it really... Their personalities and talents just track, I think, with neurotypical people. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's one of the points where we talk about being on the spectrum, because it is a spectrum in reality. That's why it is said when you meet a person who is on the spectrum, you have met one person. Right. Each of them is different. Each one has different capabilities, different needs. We just have to be attuned to those needs. And I think uh, what we are talking about in the region that we are, that we are working so hard to attract talent to Northwest Arkansas. Yeah. One thing that we need to keep in mind is if you're going to attract talent and that talent has someone who is neurodiverse, how that is going to become a barrier? Because you as a parent, you're going to think, is this region going to offer the resources that my family need for me to be able to relocate. And I don't think that we're thinking too much about that right now. No. You know, it's so funny. And I've I've told this story a number of times in in my former life, in a former life in working in employment, I used to be a recruiter and I would recruit people from one part of the country to the other. And I remember recruiting this individual and, you know, whenever I would recruit someone, I would get to know the whole family. The daughter had Down syndrome. This individual's daughter had Down syndrome, and she was in a, an amazing program where she lived in Dallas, but they were moving. I was trying to get them to move to a job in Denver, and I was able to do my due diligence, and I found a, an amazing program in Denver where there was a really strong culture 
There was there were just a lot of supportive families, and it was an amazing school for children with Down syndrome. And that actually sealed the deal, mm, right? I, I mean, when you think of it, it's <laughs> like, okay, that really made it. Like, and I always knew that whenever I was recruiting, especially if I was recruiting men, I had to meet the wife, and I had to, yeah. you know, if they were married, I wanted to find out what was really important to them, because mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's a whole unit that has to move, and so. But I always tell that story and it's just it's like you have to look at the whole picture, mm-hmm. the Correct. whole individual, just like mm-hmm. what you said when yeah. before you came here, Margaret, from New Hampshire. You know, there was an ecosystem that you came out of there mm-hmm. and you wanted something similar for Tom when you got here to Northwest Arkansas. Yeah, so. I know. I think that's exactly right. And two more points on that both the region and then what you just said about recruiting. First on the region, one of the things that's really interesting is if we support inclusion here in Northwest Arkansas, we are also just a stronger business ecosystem. Because one of the things that's really, I think, often overlooked about the neurodiverse is this world is not made for them. And so every step of their journey is adapting to a neurotypical world. And from that, you get amazing insights about how to do things better, frankly, sometimes more efficiently. And that kind of insight can be invaluable to a business. But the other thing is that if we are an area in which neurodiverse people are welcomed and allowed to be independent because they can earn a wage, they're also customers, right? They, They build kind of the economy within the region. And if they feel comfortable here, I think they'll stay here and they'll contribute and their families will stay here. You know, as you're recruiting people to, let's say, to Northwest Arkansas, you know, there may be families who hesitate to come because they don't see a life beyond high school. Yeah. And that is increasingly on the mind, I think, of parents everywhere for neurodiverse kids, which is what happens after high school. Well, it is all about community. Yeah. It really is. And community transcends age and everything else as far as that's concerned. So yeah, it's one thing, like you said, to have a a great experience in school. And then it's like, once, you know, they matriculate through that, what next? Yep. And you have to have a plan in place. Yeah. And it's, and if there's no plan and there's also just one plan too, because that one plan doesn't work for everyone. Yeah. Or Rock and Baker doesn't have enough cadet (laughs) slots for everyone in Northwest Arkansas. That can be really daunting and scary. And ultimately, I will say for, I think, the young person, really demoralizing. And to your point on community, I think one of the things that's wonderful about Northwest Arkansas is that it is a community. It wants to see people included. And we have a real opportunity to do that here with a neurodiverse population so that, again, we can be national leaders in how we think about invisible disability. Yeah. And I think we need to also address the, uh, the need that is out there. Because I know the moment that this episode airs, I'm going to get endless calls from the parents asking me, can you hire my son? Can you hire my daughter? Yeah. And sadly, I mean, it, honestly, it breaks my heart because I wish Rockin' Baker were bigger mm-hmm. or there were multiple Rockin' Bakers so that we can hire more. So that tells you that the need is there. But the community still needs to have more opportunity for them to be able to absorb all the need that is around. You know, as I'm listening to you talk and, and every word that's coming out of your mouth, I'm thinking, man, how come no one has thought of like becoming a neurodiverse recruiter? You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like that's all they focus on. So that way they can help these individuals navigate the waters of opportunity with regard to employment 
and they can help those employers to kind of figure things out as far as that's concerned. I mean, I'm, I'm not aware of any, I mean, I know, I'm sure there's, you know, nonprofit organizations out there that their goal is to create more awareness around neurodiversity and all that. But I'm, I'm speaking specifically of a recruiter that's like, Hey, this is Susan. Susan has these capabilities and Susan can do this. You're looking for this type of person. You should hire Susan, you know, just a matchmaker as far as that's concerned for neurodiverse employment. I mean, I think it's a great idea. You Maybe, may have your next business yeah, I, idea, I, I right? I have my next business <laughs> idea. Maybe we need to talk about that business and work on the business plan. After you, you know, I mean, that is, I mean, yeah. seriously, though, because when you think of it, it's like, and again, Northwest Arkansas is just a microcosm of the mm-hmm. world, right? And so, right. but you said something very important. The community is important here in Northwest mm-hmm. Arkansas. And so I think if there's if there was ever a place for a litmus test or kind of like a Petri dish, Northwest Arkansas is it, where we can really try to make it happen. And obviously, Rock and Baker is a perfect example of that and what Daimara has been doing and, and how she continues to create awareness around it. Because I don't necessarily think or know that I would have had this conversation, but it, if it wasn't for our friendship and our relationship, you've been on the podcast before, we've kind of talked about it, and I've seen firsthand the difference that what you do makes in the lives of these individuals that work with you at Rock and Baker and how they operate. I mean, they just a level of professionalism. And I'm telling you folks, I don't hype up many things, but you got to go there. The bread is amazing. The jalapeno sourdough <laughs> bread is on a whole nother level. And the thing that, that you'll learn about Demara is that she actually went to San Francisco where they know sourdough bread. And, you know, she learned under some of the best folks. And so Trust me when I say this, it is worth the trip to Fayetteville. If you're up in Bentonville, come on down and check it out. But even some of the great chefs up there use her bread on a regular basis. So you're probably not that far away from a roll or a slice of bread that Demar and her team have made. So I want to encourage you to check that out. Okay, commercial over. Back to the conversation. <laughs> no, but let's take it back. Let's take it back to the commercial because I think it brings a good point. Yes, I went to learn sourdough. Yeah. Now our cadet bakers have learned from me. Yeah. And they're running, they're really operating the bakery by themselves. And if you think about it, it's a very complex commercial operations. And they're able to do it by themselves every day. What we have done is we provide tools mm-hmm. to support their needs. And honestly, we just stay out of the picture. Because as you know, I don't go to the bakery that much unless they tell me to do that. So because now they're my bosses <laughs> or they tell me, OK, you need to come here because you need to pick up the bread to take to so and so. Right. But they're really doing everything. And it's one of those that they talk about themselves and they find answers to the problems that they have, unless it's really extreme. And of course, when I get those calls, those are the really scary ones because I know that they have been able to talk about themselves and try and find solutions. So I think as an employer, you want to have those kind of employees who don't come to you with problems. They make you aware of the problem, but at the same time, but this is how I fix it. Mm -hmm. This is what we have at the bakery. And sometimes people don't see that. I mean, I was a manager before and my goal was always to mentor people under me to try to find solution for the problem and never come to the manager just with the problem. Yeah. And you can see here at the bakery, they're doing that one every day. And uh, sometimes, as uh, Margaret said, sometimes their solutions are, oh, <laughs> I didn't think about that. How yeah. come I didn't think about that? Yeah. Because they also have different ways to find solutions. Sure. So that's why as a company, anyone will benefit 
from that different way of thinking. I read about this organization in uh, New Jersey. They train neurodiverse individuals to really read x-rays. Oh, yeah, I've heard about because that. Because they have an ability or a talent that the doctors cannot see sure. what their eyes sure. can. So that tells you that they really think differently. And now they have been just trained for that. And that's all what they do. They read x-rays and they write a report and then the doctor goes after that one. So that tells you how sometimes those talents can really complement each other yeah. in a way that you never thought that you could. Yeah. Well, and even Hollywood has embraced that. I mean, The Good Doctor, I mean, that's the whole premise of that show. And I actually love that. I mean, I've, I've Freddie Highmore. I mean, he's a, he's a great actor. I mean, some of you probably remember him from the reboot of um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, but that he is really good at, in that role. It, but it just shows you in the way that they articulate his, you know, special power is just seeing things differently. And in doing so, he just he's like every week he's saving a life. You know, he's discovering something. And yeah, he has his own challenges, but still it's like, you know, you have to embrace the whole, right? And I think it's important to understand that. So. And I think that's also how Hollywood could play a huge role. Because right now, when we see movies or series, yeah. TV shows that they are around uh, neurodiversity, typically there's these superheroes, superpowers. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes yeah. we forget the other neurodiverse that they have different talents yeah. that I can be running a bakery. Maybe they're never going to become a doctor or maybe they're never going to become an engineer yeah. working for one of those big tech companies. Yeah. But they can still become very productive members of our community. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for the longest time we had like Rain Man was like our own. Yeah, that was it. That was it. You think of Dustin Hoffman, you're like, well, yeah, if, we, if I want to go to Las Vegas and start counting cards, I got I to gotta take somebody that has that capability to process information in a different way. But I think what people need to hear is that there are a lot of hyper successful people that are either on the spectrum or have neurodiverse issues or are neurodiverse. Right. And in a sense that I think you know, before there was a a word for dyslexia, I always think of Richard Branson. Mm -hmm. um, he is a classic dyslexic. And I remember just going through this list of people. I think Steve Jobs was a classic mm -hmm. dysle dyslexic. Bill Gates. Bill Gates. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Elon Musk. He oh, openly yeah, yeah, said that he yes. was autistic. So Excellent. you can see yeah. how some people can be talented. And at the same time, I want the community to understand that's part of one side yep. doesn't mean that all of them are there, like that. So right. after our community really want to embrace behind the theme, we belong. That's when I believe that we really need to make room for everyone. Yeah. Either those who need more support up to up on the spectrum, on the scale that those who are very talented and they just need a different kind of support. Sure. Yeah. And I'd like to think about today's show generating a different kind of phone call to Demara too, which is from employers. Yeah, um, who's, right. Because one of the wonderful things about the cadets at Rock and Baker are that they have been the beneficiaries of the kind of mentorship that Demara just mentioned. Again, I have to emphasize the bread that we all love came from your idea, Demara, but is made by the cadets today. And it's not as if you are hovering like many of us parents like tend to do over um, our young adults, even today, you know, trying to make sure they're OK. But I can drop off my son at six o'clock in the morning and 
Big Orange gets their bread the next morning. And that's what they're capable of. And when they've been in the rock and baker setting too, they may want to grow beyond that. And yeah. a great it's a great recruiting ground too, or a great place to understand, well, how would I hire somebody who is neurodiverse? Because they may not really feel comfortable disclosing on just an internet website that they yeah. have a disability and what kind of accommodations do they need? Well, they may not know until they know more about the job that somebody is looking for them to do. And so it can feel very overwhelming, I think, for neurodiverse to try to even get into the employment market, let's say through Indeed. And so it may take us in Northwest Arkansas a number of phone calls and little gentle nudges along the way to help employers really connect with this population. Because I do think it takes a little bit of extra thought to be able to be inclusive. But once you take that extra thought, again, I think you will typically get an employee who is going to be engaged and going to, if you empower him or her, will be an idea generator for you, or at the very least, just a really solid and reliable person, because I think they really do appreciate the opportunity. They understand, I think, the opportunity as well, having to navigate a lot of barriers every day. You know, you talk about accommodations. That's one of the big things out there that as an employer, you may say, oh, I don't have the time or I don't have the financial resources to do all of these accommodations needed. But sometimes accommodation can be less than what you think. Yes, you said about sometimes for them, it's really hard to go through Indeed kind of platform to apply for a job. But you as a hiring manager, you can make some accommodations that really doesn't cost you that much. Right. So it could be that maybe you need to have an interview in a place that is quiet or maybe have to be outside the office space so that they can feel more comfortable coming to you so that it's not that sitting behind the desk and feeling like a question on those type of things. And sometimes it's really giving them the time to answer the questions. So maybe you as a recruiter, you never think about, okay, can I say my questions before so that this person can think over and then come a little more prepared? And that's another way to reduce some of that stress that they're going to face because we have to understand they have been going through all of these throughout their lives. And now they're going to be questioned. And they know that the chances of getting a job is so slim and they have to prove that they can do it. And then you are sitting across from me. Of course, I'm going to be in a panic mode. Yeah. And of course, everything is going to trigger. And of course, I'm not going to make eye contact because, by the way, I cannot make eye contact. So why are you expecting me to make eye contact? Right. And so <laughs> you see what I'm getting? Yeah. So this is what is happening during interviews. So you have to behave differently and just to remain calm and just to Honestly, open your eyes and begin trying to adapt to the needs. Because, I mean, if you are perceptive and if you observe, it's really easier to accommodate because you're more in tune to what is happening. But you have to make yourself aware of the situation and be able to be flexible. And just to understand that the person who is on the other side has faced so many challenges, that they have all the reasons to behave the way that they behave on top of their own challenges from their disability. So just like a compounding Mm -hmm. one on top of another. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's as I think about this, and I would coach hiring managers quite a bit when they were recruiting people, just recruiting 
just average folks. And, and a lot of times, you know, hiring managers, they would revel in the fact that they could, you know, get somebody with a gotcha question or something like that. And I'm like, man, I don't care who you are. You wouldn't like that. So why would you put that on somebody else? And so I think a lot of times it's just helping people to see, you know, what's right and what's fair. And ultimately, are you going to get the result or the, the, the answer that you want from these individuals by doing that. I don't know that that's, that works out. It's almost like when I tell people to, rec- when, you know, I've had people come back to me and say, yeah, they recruited me and they took me in this room and there were like nine people around a table, like the star chamber. And you're like, no, that, that doesn't do well. I don't care who you are. You could be the smartest person in the world that you're still going to struggle and be under yes. pressure in that type of environment. And a lot of times we don't bring our best selves to the table like that. And then we we miss out on an opportunity. And I would say also, uh, we have to be aware that sometimes because what they have been going through, sometimes they cannot put in words where they can be or who they can be. A typical question that you have in an interview, what do you want to be in three years? Or do you, how do you see yourself in three years? And you're thinking, Hello, can we talk about how I see myself today? If you yeah. give me a job, Next I can think about That's <laughs> where I'm exactly. focused on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think it's just a reality and be mm-hmm. uh, a little more conscious about the way that they think. Yeah. And I just find that one so interesting. I have to say that after working with them over all of these years, is kind of easier for me sure. to see that even when I go to the store, I can pick up traits right away in my communication, my behavior changes, everything, especially, you know, the little with a cashier, getting nervous because the line is long. So I just give her, you know, kind of a common face, an expression. And I just tell the other people, hey, cool up. She's going to take the time and we're cool with that. So I kind of manage the other people yeah. because I know how those situations can trigger. And it's so hard when you get that one to get out of it. So I think if all of us are more aware of that, specifically when we hear now how some people are having more challenges in customer services and sure. impatient and those type of things, with them working more out there, we have to become a little more patient. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. So. Did you want to add something to that? Well, it's just, I, Damara is making me think about, um, again, your your listeners who may be employers are probably dealing with things like the great resignation mm-hmm. or quiet quitting yeah. and your experience as a recruiter. It's just, it's a good time to really be thinking about how do you attract the employees that you really want? And I think there has been a change in talent management from, you know, well, just hire you know, the strongest candidate, whoever gets out of that star chamber right, <laughs> of nine, right, right. you know, it's who, and, and that maybe that's, that's really not the best way to think about who you want on your team. And I think, again, for your listeners, you know, think about the attributes that you want your employees to have. And I think Damara and I would both say that don't exclude neurotypical or neurodiverse people from that list because they may be actually the best candidates for some of the values that we've been talking about. Work ethic is on there. Um, I think honesty is Mm -hmm. very, very high. Um, And again, just a commitment to work and appreciation for the the opportunity um, to be- And the reliability. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's an individual that you know from day one, they're going to be on the job independently of what it is. Uh, what is that saying that they, they say about the U.S. Uh, postal services? 
rain, sleep, <laughs> whatever. It doesn't snow, matter. Yeah. Yeah. They are going to be there because we have seen those at the bakery. Yeah. Um, so you as an employer, you really appreciate someone that you can always rely on because they see themselves as a team mm-hmm. and I cannot let my team down. And the other uh, attribute that I think is so warming to me is about the fact about the honesty. Yeah. Uh, they cannot lie. <laughs> and interesting at the same time, how you can work with those situations that it doesn't feel like it's a lie, it's just a reality, but then you know where you always stand. So when you make those type of accommodations as employer, you have to understand that when they're going to give you feedback, it's very black and white. Yes. <laughs> so there is no sensitivity here, no rose painting kind of thing. So if you're not doing a good job, they're going to tell you. Yeah. It's very clear. But I think as an employer, I love that. It's refreshing. <laughs> I mean, how many times do you get, specifically we women, how many times do we get a performance review that is so vague that mm-hmm. you're thinking, what did they say? What am I supposed to change? <laughs> With them, oh, there is no question about it. If you are doing something bad, they will tell you and they will tell you right away. They are not going to wait. Yeah, I love that. Well, I mean, man, we could go on about this. I think there's so many great points that you guys have made on this episode. And and I hope that people really take to heart what you have to share. If somebody's listening to this and it's like, all right, Demara, you've convinced me I need to do this. What What is the first step in potentially looking at or trying to attract or hire some neurodiverse talent to join a company or business? Well, I would say the first step is just honestly open your eyes to different way of thinking and trying to remove some of those typical expectations that you may have from an uh, employee. Yeah. Because unless you're open to something differently, it's not going to work. And it has to come from that mindset. And after you are open to see everyone as an individual versus a group, then you're going to find it easier to make accommodations. And I would say just learn from others who have done it and try to educate yourself on what you can do better to make your workplace more inclusive for everyone. In my case, I mean, when I began working Baker, I didn't have any experience working with a neurodiverse population, zero. And uh, I just began doing research and learning and asking the parents and, you know, experience and trying to figure out. And I kind of, through that learning, I began making changes. When I give instructions to them, I'm very specific. And there is nothing vague because that's how they take the information. Sure. But there is a lot of self-awareness. And of course, I mean, now and then my personality is going to kick in because that's me. Yeah. But at the same time, when it happens, I just say, okay, hold on, wait a second. <laughs> I need to change. Yeah. So, but I would say most of them, for any employer, it's not only to attract neurodiverse population, as important is to train those people already in your company, how it is or what it takes to be working with a neurodiverse workforce. Sure. Because you can attract them. If they don't understand, if the rest of the team doesn't understand how to work with them, that's when the challenges are going to arise and most likely they're going to get fired because typically that's what we see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say that's right. And I, I think that the three steps are just kind of what you said. I mean, be inclusive in your mindset when you're hiring. Think about the barriers to 
connecting with a neurodiverse, but also think about the readiness in your workplace and having some good conversations with your team. I think many employers have put tremendous effort into DEI since, you know, hopefully a long time, but I know since 2020 in particular, a lot of those principles apply here too. And thinking about empathy in the workplace. And I'll go back to what I was saying about great resignation and quiet quitting, right? Just getting a team that is very open and vulnerable with each other to getting the job done. Preparing the colleagues for that kind of setting, I think, can be really, really valuable and set the stage not only for success, but maybe even growth for your team, too. Yeah, I agree. Wow. You guys have put it out there. So, well, if anybody wants to connect with you, Demara, what's the best way for them to do that? I would say they can reach out to me via email. Okay. It is hello at rockinbaker.org, R-O-C-K-I-N-B-A-K-E-R.org. The number at the bakery uh, is 479-313-6767. And... uh, I would say email is going to be the best way because uh, the cadets are the one answering the phone (laughs) and we want to make sure that the message comes to me. Now, okay, I appreciate that. And and we'll make sure all of that is in the show notes. Now, you know, Margaret, I didn't ask you this before, but if there is a parent listening to this that, you know, maybe they were moved by what you shared or they they would like to learn more about your story, what's the best way for someone to contact you? Best way is email, msm. 261 at gmail.com. And I'm always happy to connect with parents um, who are either facing the challenge of a young adult who is on the autism spectrum and they're trying to achieve independence. Or I know I was helped tremendously when Tom was in high school by um, people who had been there before I I was. They were the ones who said, you know, what's your plan (laughs) after he graduates? And, you know, for a couple of years, it was like, oh, I don't have one because there was nothing. There was no plan. And that was just the reality. And so I would say to those parents, too, that so much has changed so rapidly for this population that I think it will only see further opportunity. But please reach out because I am happy to pay that forward. Yeah, I I love that. MSM261 at gmail.com. And that's for Margaret McCabe. Margaret Damara, thank you guys so much for joining me. I was actually looking forward to this and we recorded this on Halloween. So This was more of a treat than anything else. That's all I can say. Thank you guys so much for joining me. And and I really do hope that this episode moves a lot of our listeners to think differently about how they approach this, whether you know someone that's neurodiverse or whether uh, you yourself are neurodiverse or whether you own a business and you're looking to expand that business, but you need more people because that's what happens in a business if you are growing something, you need more people to help you grow that business. So, you know, October uh, is recognized as the National Disability Employment Awareness Month. Really? Yes. And I just hope that it's not just a month, that maybe one, I don't know, in the near future, we don't have to celebrate one month because we can say that it's a 365 day kind of situation for. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what you want. And so, you know, it's every month it's got, it's got something special to it, but I'm glad you made me aware of that. So we will certainly highlight that and make people, let people know about that. But I think this area is, is, is ripe for, ripe for the change that we seek in the area of neurodiversity. We talked about Walmart being a big player in that and they are taking initiatives. And a lot of times you need to see examples of bigger companies doing it before yes. smaller companies do it. You know, every now and then the small will lead the large, but then you see, you need to see large companies doing it. And so 
Walmart being as large as they come, you know, seeing them operate in this space and really taking care and initiative to address neurodiversity in the workforce, I think is important. Yeah, because at the end, you have to be very intentional. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what, I mean, one of the things, I I guess I have the benefit of being an outsider. Um, I'm in my fifth year in Northwest Arkansas, and Walmart is just part of the fabric of this area. So we sometimes forget that they are Fortune One. Yeah. And what they are paying attention to is what is important to be globally competitive and to keep that edge, and that they've recognized not only neurodiversity, but you know, hidden disability or invisible disability is a tremendous step forward. And I hope that we all find that instructive. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Five years that you've been here. So biggest aha moment about Northwest Arkansas since you've been here. Oh, my gosh. There's so many, but I finally can say it really is one of the best places to live. I mean, because as you asked me that question, Ryan, I'm like, Look at the library we're sitting in. What did I just say about Fortune One and the leadership right, they show? And right. then I'm thinking about Kessler Regional Park, where oh, I yeah. walk every Sunday, yeah. or the bike trails, yeah. or Theater Squared, <laughs> or Walton Arts Center, or Crystal Bridges. I mean, really, you you know, it's um, how many people in America live in a place where on Friday when they open their email and see all the list of things to do, or like there's not enough time in I the know. weekend. Um, but it is a tremendous place. But I will go back to what I said. It's actually for such a culturally an outdoor opportunity rich area it's also truly a community yeah it yeah. is it yeah. really is i mean yeah that that's a full stop right there you're absolutely right about that and and i i agree and you're using some of my my words about walmart being the fabric of this community and and uh yeah I, it is exciting and i know i sound like a fanboy all the time when i talk about <laughs> northwest arkansas but i've been here for 8 years and i came from up where you were you came from before in new england and it's a lot different. And um, it's just, I'm like, every day I look up, I'm like, I'm thankful that I'm here. And I know it's not perfect. No place is. But you know what? I'll take it. Yeah, but, me too. Yeah. And me as a foreigner, <laughs> I came here over 20 years ago. And of course, that is different. Yeah. Way different. Yeah. And also, one of the things is in Northwest Arkansas, I always have felt welcome. Yeah. Every single time. Yeah. And, you know, the friendliness of people that desire to truly help others, it's just uh, remarkable. I have never felt that one. I have been in all the cities, but I have never felt so welcome as I feel here. Oh, we're going to put a pin in that right there. That's perfect. I thank you for that, Damar. Thank you for that, Margaret, for just sharing just from the heart. And I really appreciate that. So thank you both for joining me on the podcast today. Thank Thank you, Ryan. Absolutely. Well, folks, that's another episode of the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. To learn more about us, or to read or download the show notes from today's episode, visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. You can listen to this podcast and sign up for our free newsletter to keep up with us and all things NWA. Make sure you sign up today. You can also follow the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast wherever you listen to it. And please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Our podcast comes out every Monday, rain or shine. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and we'll see you back here next week for another new episode of the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. Peace. We hope you enjoyed this episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. Check us out each and every week, available anywhere that great podcasts can be found. For show notes or more information on becoming a guest, visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. We'll see you next week. 
on I Am Northwest Arkansas.